Welcome to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast. If you want to hear the show, you can find it on Family Life Radio. If you want to find a station near you, you can go to myflr.org or stream it online. Warriors, back to school necklaces. It sounds like a very cute term, but I've recently learned that this is actually a crisis. What does back to school necklaces mean? This is a warning, parents beware. Back to school necklaces. It comes from the Urban Dictionary, another name for noose. So Dr. Randy, we found this article and it talked about how necklaces can mean a different term, but it usually has to do possibly in this situation with uh, girls wanting to take their life, kind of like giving a sign that this is something that they want to do. And I don't know about you guys, just with me and parenting, uh, that's one of those things where I'm always like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, are my kids are okay? Um, in my daughter's diagnosed with special needs, she's nonverbal and she really couldn't take her life. She's tried. But my own son, Sam, I'm like, you don't want to pester them. But I'm thinking, is he all right? Is he not all right? Are there signs to look for? Are there things that I should be doing or not be doing? And so we thought, let's bring Dr. Randy in and <laughs> talk to this because I know that you've dealt with this before. What, what, as parents, what should we be doing or looking for? Well, I think you look for signs. And uh, with this generation, apparently this going back to school necklace is a sign that kids are saying, I don't want to go back to school. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Uh, maybe depressed, as you said, maybe feeling like I should uh, no longer be alive and, and uh, take my life. And so if you see that kind of thing, uh, you should be talking as a parent, talking to your child. What does that mean to you? Is it something that's important to you? Where did that come from? Why is that important to you? But I think overall, we're seeing that the number of children over the last couple of years that are struggling with anxiety and depression have increased greatly. The stats are pretty, uh, pretty staggering. In fact, I was looking at one report that said over 18% of high school students seriously considered taking their own life during this last year. Mm. And so, and what's interesting, while females, girls tend to have higher incidence of wanting to take their life and feeling depressed, it's actually the boys that are three or four more times likely to do so. And so it's a matter of being aware. And sometimes it's obvious. Maybe they're, you're finding a, a sense of hopelessness or your kids are saying to you, I don't want to live. Uh, I don't know why I'm here. As a parent, you need to react to that in, in a positive way in terms of talking to them, discussing with them what they're feeling, what's going on. But there's also, you can have a young person who's not showing signs overtly, and you got to be very, very aware. Um, I can give you a personal story. When I was in high school, I had a classmate who I shared the locker with for football. Uh, we were in football together, and we played in the band together. Over one weekend, after a band concert, he was always seemed to be a positive kid. Things were, seemed to be going okay in his life. Uh, we came in on a Monday and got the word that he'd taken his life over the weekend. Mm. And so you never quite know. And I know that as parents, you know, you don't want to continually live in a spirit of fear. The Bible tells us that, but of power and love and a sound mind. But I think there are six things that you can do as a parent to have a sound mind when it comes to your kids. And I'm happy to share that if you'd like. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think, first of all, it's just get educated. Um, there's a lot of information available today. Uh, you can go online, find out about uh, depression and kids and signs to look for. Secondly, be aware as a parent. Um, be aware of, have you seen changes in their moods, eating, sleeping changes? Are they taking on some dangerous behavior that they haven't uh, done before? Maybe they're talking about getting rid of some of their things, giving their things away. Maybe they're more isolated than they were before or saying things to you like, I don't, I don't want to live or I don't know why I'm here. So be aware. Secondly, have an open discussion. Yes, you can talk to your kids. 
say, hey, I've noticed uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks you've been down or discouraged. Talk to me about it. How are you feeling? And I think sometimes parents are fearful if they talk to their kids about their feelings that they're actually going to follow through and do it. Mm. In reality, they need to open that conversation with their children about how they're feeling and what's going on in their life. So have that open discussion. And don't dismiss what they say. If, if your children or grandchildren are saying things that uh, seem out of character or you're concerned about it, you need to be aware of it and get help. Get help. Talk to the pediatrician. Take him to the doctor. Get a mental health professional. But also, just a, just a word to parents. If your children are going through times of anxiety and depression and you're concerned about them, maybe in a, in a moment saying, hey, my, my life's not worth living, make sure you make your home safe firearms, mm, dangerous yep. things, things that they can use, medication and so on. Make your home a safe environment. But as parents, hey, listen, our kids and grandkids have gone through a lot of difficulty in the last two or three years. We've seen the anxiety and depression numbers go way up. We've seen uh, kids wanting to take their life going way up. We've seen them following through going up. Mm. And so it's reasonable to be concerned, but just be a discerning, aware parent and then respond appropriately. The giving stuff away, that kind of makes sense because if you that's saying it's like a signal, I'm not going to be here any longer. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and not only children do that, adults do it as well. So you can see this in not only school-age children, but young adults have even a higher incident, those from about 18 to 25 or 30 uh, years of age. So if you see that kind of behavior you're concerned about, it's out of character for this uh, person that you love. Uh, don't back off and say, well, I'll wait and see. Talk to them. Open discussion. And if there's an immediate concern, if you're really concerned, there's a phone number you can call for those who are, if you're concerned about a crisis uh, hotline, it's 988. It's like the 911 service. It's 988. You can call and talk to a counselor 24 hours a day. Someone that can help you if you if you or someone you love is going through a crisis like this. You know, I think some kids are more willing to freely share their feelings than others. I just think about myself. Mm -hmm. I was such a cocooner that I think, uh, what would it have taken for my parents to actually pry in and get me to talk about what was going on in my life? That's right. What are your suggestions so a parent's not feeling like they're putting on an inquisition to get your kids to talk? I think the, the approach to that, Sally, and that's a good point, the, the young people that are willing to share how they're feeling, frankly, I'd rather have a son or daughter who gets frustrated and shares what they're feeling and gets it out than the ones who isolate, pull in, and unwilling to share. I think it's a matter of just making an observation of saying, you know, I've just noticed, honey, the last uh, few days or last couple of weeks, uh, you've been a little more isolated and pulling back. Can you just tell me a little bit about uh, how you're feeling or what's going on? and start to get the openness in the discussion. Let them know I'm always here. I want to be able to talk to you if you're feeling down or anxious and, and give them that open window to come and talk to you. But if there's a point where you just, your heart tells you, hey, I'm really concerned about what I'm seeing here based on their moods or their, their behavior, there's an intervention. You know, get them to the pediatrician or to a mental health professional, but do some research yourself. Don't blow it off. We live in, unfortunately, we live in a time with high stress and anxiety for young people. And now going back to school, 
there's an enormous amount of stress fitting in, getting back into routine. We know there's bullying and violence and all the things that are going on in, in uh, unfortunately, in our culture today. Kids are not immune from it. And um, it's reflective, I think, in their behavior and sometimes feeling like uh, their life isn't worth living. When I was uh, in high school, I, I was going through a situation like that. And I was actually bad enough that I had to be hospitalized. And my, um, my counselor told my mother, you actually, because my mom was a single mom, she didn't have the support of a partner. But I would think this might be reasonable for even, you know, married parents getting help for themselves on how to deal with it mm -hmm. because my mother right. needed to, mm -hmm. you know, like figure out her feelings and know how to help me um, walk through this situation independently of, you know, also my therapist and, and the treatment that I was receiving. Now, even more than when I was uh, a young in school, uh, there's more openness to discuss these kinds of things. It doesn't have this quite the stigma that maybe it had. Hey, I need to talk about mental health and what's going on with my kids and so on. And so parents, uh, be aware, get help, talk to some professionals. D don't Listen, if you're going to err, err on the side of safety for the sake of your young people. Because young people, all people, when they get highly depressed and anxious, can make a decision on one day that they wouldn't make the next day. Mm. And that's why it's important to be aware of where your, where your young person is and have that intervention if needed and get them some help. Either make a call to that, like a number I gave, or to uh, to a mental health professional. Did everybody know you were really struggling? It was just my mom and I lived together. I don't think she realized until I kind of started vocalizing that I didn't want to be around anymore. And she took it really seriously, immediately got me into counseling. And the counselor said she needs more help than That's I can good. offer her on a weekly basis. And so went to so the hospital for a little a bit. Job and so did the counselor. Yeah, yeah, they really yeah. did. And I and my mom, my poor mom ended up yeah. in counseling too. But I was, <laughs> I'm very appreciative because I went kicking and screaming. I did not want to go, man, as you can imagine. And mm -hmm. actually she got some pushback from my grandparents. They were like, this is really extreme. Is this necessary? And she was like, it really yeah. is. I don't think you understand. Yeah, it's a serious problem today. What if you have a child that typically just has a bent towards the melancholy or is that mm -hmm. typical with children i know it's typical to a lot of adults i just happen to kind of flow that way is that something you should be concerned yeah. about or is that just the way my kid is there's always an opportunity for young people who can feel victimized or feel like a victim can use it to control their parents mm. let's face it kids are very good at using whatever they have to control the home and control the the family and hopefully you know your child well enough over the years to know, you know, what are they doing and saying that's uh, controlling or manipulative versus when you start to see behavior, which is pulling away, isolating, saying things that really concern you, behaviors that are different uh, during stress points, like going back to school now and uh, re respond appropriately. So it is true. Some kids have a more melancholy personality uh, where others can be more upbeat, but don't, it's not necessarily the child who's more melancholy that's going to be uh, moving in the direction maybe of taking their own life. It can be the child who has a big smile, always happy, but something else is going on inside. So don't just assume because your child is always smiling and happy that's, that they're really feeling that way on the inside. Mm, that's a great point. Yeah. yeah, you used a big word there, respond. And uh, raising my own kids, thinking about the difference between responding and reacting Mm -hmm. um, once you get your kids to begin to crack open, I think that it's, it's, it was easy for me to start reassuring them immediately, yeah. you know, and reacting. Tell, tell me a little bit about some clues 
for parents in, you know, maintaining a conversational approach with their kids? Well, I understand it's difficult sometimes to talk to teenagers (laughs) because, you know, you're the parent, but maybe being able to share some of your own life and your own experiences. Um, I've often said that uh, back in 1998, I had about a six week period where I fell into a depression um, and I knew intellectually what was going on. I'm a counselor. I'm thinking, hey, I need to counsel myself, talk to myself here, you know. <laughs> Hello. And uh, so intellectually, I knew what was going on. But experientially, I was I was going through what many people wrestle with, with anxiety and depression. And I think God allowed that in my life to give me some empathy. And I think being able to share that, maybe be able to share with your your uh, your kids. You know, when I was in ninth grade or eighth grade or whenever, wherever they are, I struggled with some things. And these were some feelings I was having. I know things are a little different today, honey, but do you ever experience those things yourself? I think the more open-ended kind of questions, the kinds of things that are relatable with the child and not accusing them or grilling them or preaching at them, but just leaving that door open and being human yourself, that they know you're available and you want to talk to them is a very positive thing. You know, something else I've learned from you (laughs) through the years is not trying to talk people out of what they're feeling, because I think that's another natural reaction for us as parents Mm -hmm. is when we start to hear something hard, we want to jump into that reassurance mode. Absolutely. It's easy if if your young person comes to you or someone you know comes to you and says, I don't feel like life is worth living or, you know, I've thought about uh, just ending my life. To say, oh, no, you don't feel that way or you shouldn't feel that way. God loves you. Uh, You know, he cares for you. And it's true. Those are all things that are true. But when a human being is feeling that way, you can't talk a person out of their feelings. What you need to do is come alongside of them and allow them to express it and open, open the questions like, oh, tell me a little more about that. How long have you been feeling that way? Are you feeling that way today? And even to the point of saying, have you thought about this a lot? If you were to take your life, how would you do that? I know that sounds dangerous, but the reality is you're trying to evaluate, hey, how serious is this person? And you love them. Boy, if you're having that level of discussion, get on the line with a professional and get them help. Don't assume that tomorrow or the next day it's going to be okay. You need to talk to you need to talk with some professional people. Mm, this is really good, Dr. Randy. Uh, Dr. Randy hosts the show Intentional Living that you can catch on Family Life Radio. And uh, Dr. Randy, what's that uh, again if 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 People are suspecting there's something going on with their child. There's a phone number they can call? Yes, uh, it's a new number, actually. It's the uh, uh, Crisis uh, Lifeline, and you can dial 988. That's 988. And uh, there should be a counselor somewhere that'll take a call to be able to talk to you. Or if you're feeling that way yourself, really feeling overwhelmed, uh, you can call 988. And it's probably a good idea, you know, beyond that, to find some good Christian counseling, I would assume. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Randy, for your time. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Glad to be with you guys. Thanks for listening to the Kinkle Fritz and Friends podcast, heard on Family Life Radio. We would appreciate it so much if you could rate, review, and subscribe wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. You can also find more exclusive content at myflr.org and FLR Mornings on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you support Family Life Radio, thank you.